to the KC City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Greetings, KC City Church and Shalom from Jerusalem. We're day four into the Feast of Tabernacles here in Jerusalem, and we just want to send you a huge blessing all the way to Australia. Um, It's an honor for me to be able to bring you the word of the Lord. Pastor Larry uh, shared with me how you've been in a series on the Beatitudes, and our original plan was for me to film this up on the Mount of Beatitudes up in the Galilee. But because Israel's under uh, lockdown right now, um, we can't travel outside of our own city. So um, we figured this was a pretty epic view. You know, we're looking out um, over the Ben Hinnom Valley. Behind me is Mount Zion, Mount Moriah, and the Mount of Olives. And so let's begin uh, our, our time today just with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into this wonderful message from Matthew chapter 5. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach your word. Thank you for uh, your people there in Australia and Melbourne, God. I thank you for Casey City Church. And I pray today as we just go to your word that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon us, God. I pray that you would prepare us and enable us, Lord, to be uh, vessels fit for your use in these challenging days that we live. But God, we thank you that your word is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we pray your blessing upon the word of God today. And I pray every hearer and everyone that will be listening to this will be touched by the power of your spirit. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to read um, Matthew 5. I know you've gone through the Beatitudes, but I'm just going to read from uh, verse 1 in Matthew 5. And seeing the multitudes, Yeshua went up on a mountain, and he, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And this is our text that we're going to look at in the next few minutes. Verses 10, 11, and 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, these these are strong words from Jesus. You know, they say this sermon that he preached on the, on the mount overlooking the Galilee was like, like the constitution of, of Christianity. It's so much was packed into these, these chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And here he's starting out by, by, uh, by giving us some very, very strong words. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He says in that context, rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. Because this is the same way they treated the prophets who were before you. You know, Jesus, his, his strong words confront the narrative of our culture. 
He's, he's speaking to us about following him and, and, and the results of that sometimes are going to uh, cause us to encounter some persecution. Uh, these are his words. And Jesus is doing something. He's preparing us for, for what's ahead. He's, he's the good shepherd of our souls and he's giving us an incredible insight here. He's saying that those that seek to pursue the righteous way of the Lord are going to encounter some resistance. You know, this is a biblical and historical reality that we cannot ignore nor escape. But unfortunately, this message is missing in a majority of the mainstream pulpits today. But Jesus' words are for us in this time and in this hour, and great comfort and encouragement can come from his words. Let's take a look at a few more verses on this subject from Jesus himself and some of his followers. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Paul writes, listen to this, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he says, For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. He goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Beloved, don't think it a strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you, but rejoice to the extent that you can partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. I mean, these... These words are strong words, and, I, and, and they're not often in our promise boxes, you know what I mean? The scriptures that we like to quote all the time. These are challenging words, but it, it goes on. Jesus declares um, in, in, in John 16, verse 33, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. He speaks to his disciples in Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. He says, Assuredly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. And lastly, Paul, he shares his perspective to the church in, 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 in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. He says, but we have a treasure within this earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. So this theme of persecution and resistance and suffering and trial is a, is, is a theme throughout the scripture. 
And, and it's something that we need to be aware of and be prepared for. And Jesus loves us so much that he's kind of warning us in advance. He's preparing us for these struggles. We're not to think it's strange when suffering and resistance comes. You know, it may be surprising, but Christian persecution around the world is one of the largest human rights issues of our era. It's one of the largest in our era. While Christian persecution takes many forms, it's defined as this, any hostility experienced as a result of identification with Jesus Christ. From Sudan to Russia, Nigeria to North Korea, Colombia to India, followers of Christianity are targeted for their faith. They're attacked. They're discriminated against at work, at school, and many are risking violence and torture, arrest, and so much more. You can read more about this issue on opendoorsusa.org. They, they do an excellent job at collating and cataloging Christian persecution around the world. Here's just a few things that, that, that they write about. In this last year alone, okay, in this last year alone, there have been over 260 million Christians identified as living in places where they experience high levels of persecution. Consider this, 2,983 Christians have been killed for their faith in this last year alone. 9,488 churches and other Christian buildings have been attacked or destroyed. 3,711 believers have been detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned for their faith. Now, persecutions, pressure, tribulations, resistance can take on many forms in the life of a believer. And these are inescapable and unavoidable realities that every follower of Christ is, 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 it needs to be prepared for. And in this sermon, these beatitudes that Jesus preached here in the land of Israel, He's preparing his people to be carriers and conduits of his kingdom. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what he wants us to know is that God's kingdom is inherently in opposition to the kingdom of darkness. All right. So the fact that we're carriers of his kingdom, we're bearers of his word is, is it's almost like automatic that there's going to be a resistance. Those that align their, their lives with God's word or God's promises are going to, are going to feel that opposition because it's in direct opposition to the kingdom of darkness. And so Jesus in his love for us is preparing us in advance so that we're not shocked when we encounter resistance or deal with pressure or we we're, we're challenged by circumstances in this life. Generally speaking, Christians, uh, particularly in the West, where I'm from, spend a lot of time and a lot of resources creating a culture of comfort where we consider God's blessings only in terms of financial prosperity or freedom from pain or our own personal fulfillment. We prefer and usually we gravitate to the verses in the Bible even that support this limited view of the blessing of God. 
And look, I'm taking nothing away from freedoms and, you know, having enough financially to, to, to take care of your needs and be a blessing to others or, or, or finding fulfillment in, 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 in your purpose. Those are all signs and manifestations of the blessing of God. But it's not limited. Jesus is saying here in this, in, in, in Matthew 5, he says, he, he's expanding our view of the blessing of God. He says, listen, blessed are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you when you're insulted for standing strong with your faith. Blessed are you. He says, blessed when you're blessed when all kinds of evil is spoken against you falsely for his sake. He says, you're so blessed that you should actually rejoice and be exceedingly glad. <laughs> Why? Why? He says, because if you endure it, Jesus is saying, if you endure the, per the persecutions and the pressure, if you can endure it, you're in great company because that's exactly how they treated all of the prophets who were before you. So he's saying, listen, um, you're in great company when you stand strong in the midst of, a, of, of struggle and, and, and trial and persecution. You're in great company and you're, you're those that are entering in to the kingdom of God. And this is the process. This is, the, this is, this is what Jesus is preparing for. Jesus also said in John 15, verse 20, he said, remember the word. This is Jesus speaking. He said, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, Yeshua says, Jesus says, they will also persecute you. These statements from Jesus are very difficult to absorb. I know. But they confront the deceptive notion that following Christ means a life free of persecution. He's preparing us in advance. And I suppose this is the one thing I, I really want to come across in this message today. This message of Jesus, these Beatitudes, all of them, but particularly this one about enduring persecution and tough times. The, the words and message of Jesus prepares us as his people to endure, not escape. And that's a huge point. He's preparing us. These words prepare us to endure, okay, to go through, to persevere. You're going to make it. Tough times may come. You might experience resistance, but there is power in the word of God to endure those persecutions and those trials and those, those, those circumstances that make you feel like you're suffering through it. He's preparing us with his word to endure, not escape. So to prepare for these promised persecutions that come to the followers, the sons and daughters of God, the followers of Christ, the, 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 those that, that are carriers and conduits of the kingdom of God. How can we prepare? Well, I want to offer a few suggestions. Number one, maintain the perspective that this world is not our final destination. I think this is a powerful revelation. Maintain the perspective that this world is not our final resting place. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
you know, I'll never forget. I had a personal assistant when we were serving in Seattle, Washington, in the United States of America. And we uh, were rolling out a, a project, a leadership development uh, a uh, a project for our young people. And uh, it was a lot going on. There was a lot of details. There was a lot of uh, moving parts to pull this thing off. And it was, we were working hard, staying up late, getting up early. And my assistant, you know, I, I came in early one, one day to the office and I could, I could just sense that he was overwhelmed with the load, you know. And, uh, and I, I said to him, Davis, I said, Davis, how you doing today? And he looks up through the paperwork and through all of the problems that I know we were going through. And he looked at me and he says, you know what? He goes, you know what, Steve? He says, I'm doing great. I'm going to live forever. (laughs) And it was just so awesome that he had this perspective, right? That it's not, you know, here and now isn't all there is. We are, we are following and serving a God of the eternity, of the eternal realm. And he promises us eternal life. And so I think one of the things that helps us to endure the, the trials and the sufferings that we in, in, encounter in this life is just to maintain this perspective that this is not it. This is not our final destination. Number two, I think that we need to understand the purpose that we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus, God's own son, that the things that are going on in our life have a purpose. Now, look, I love Romans chapter eight, verse 29. That, that's the scripture. We've been predestined to be conformed. Most people remember Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for good to those who are the call, to those who are the call according to his purposes, right? All things work together for good. The next verse is because we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, that the things that we're going through in life have a purpose, and that is to make us more like Yeshua, more like Jesus, And we can resist that process or we can surrender to that process. Romans chapter five, verse three shows us the purpose of tribulations and trials. They're to produce something. They're to produce perseverance. Romans five, verse three says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. James chapter one, verse two says, count it all joy when you fall into these trials and knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, it produces patience. And he goes on to say, if you have this kind of perseverance and endurance, you will be mature sons and daughters lacking nothing. Wow. Now, look, there's really only one way to develop perseverance and endurance. And you're not going to like what I'm going to say. You can't come to an altar or come to a prayer meeting and have someone lay hands on you and impart endurance. It just doesn't work that way. You can't receive that through the laying on of hands. The only way to grow your endurance and perseverance is practicing endurance when you're faced with a trial and a hardship. Amen. You want to grow your muscles? You're not going to grow your muscles any bigger by just sitting on the couch, right? You have to put some resistance to those muscles. And if we resist 
and we, we, and we go through those struggles, we grow stronger. That's what James is saying. Look, count it all joy when you have to, uh, you, you know, you're, you're faced with struggles and challenges and trials because you're growing, you're, you're, you're moving further into the, the, the image of Jesus and you're becoming mature sons and daughters lacking nothing. This is a, this is a huge promise. And the the fact is, knowing Christ involves the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul wrote about it in the letter he wrote to to, to the Philippians. Paul is saying, listen, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, right? And we all say a big amen to that. We want to know and experience the power of God. But the, but the process uh, of knowing the power of resurrection is enduring the cross. It's, it's going through the, 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 the tough times. He says that the power of his resurrection is awesome and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already attained or or I'm already perfected, but I press on to lay hold of the reason for which Christ laid hold of me. And thirdly, I think a benefit that we can, you know, to, to prepare us for the, for, for, for these times of struggle and challenge, we need to realize the benefit that the suffering and the scattering of God's people result in the growth and expansion of the church. Not, not long after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, right over here in the city, there was a great persecution that came against the church. You can read about all this in the book of Acts. I'm just going to highlight a couple things. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost right over there. I love saying that. I love saying that. It happened right there. <laughs> In Acts 4, Peter and John were arrested for preaching and healing a lame man. In Acts 5, disciples were being added to the church. There were many signs and wonders, but they were imprisoned for for this work. Supernaturally released to continue preaching. In Acts 6 and 7, Stephen was martyred here in the city for preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom. In Acts 8, Saul is persecuting the church. It says many believers were scattered throughout the region. Acts 8, 4 says those who were scattered, they went everywhere preaching the word. So in Acts 9, Saul gets converted and begins preaching and he is persecuted. In Acts 10, Peter begins preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. In Acts 11, we read, now those who were scattered after the persecution traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. So the bottom line, as we just track the church in Acts, the bottom line is that pressure and persecution has been beneficial in expanding the work and witness of the church. So let me just end with a few final encouragements. First of all, suffering is not a sign of separation from God. It's actually a gateway to glory. Jesus says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. All right. So suffering and persecution is not some sort of sign that you're you're out of the will of God. It's actually a gateway into being conformed into the image of Jesus. And it's a gateway into glory. That's what the Bible teaches. Secondly, I just encourage us all in these times that are challenging for all of us to keep looking unto Jesus. 
Hebrews 12 verses one through three says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let's lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. And let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And listen to this. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. One of the best things we can do is look to Jesus, the model, the example of endurance, perseverance, and ultimately victory. And lastly, I just want to encourage us all in these, in these days to follow his example. You know, it wasn't easy for Jesus. And, and yet he's our advocate. He's the one that we look to. Listen what Peter wrote about Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. He says, For to this you were called, because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you and I should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return, and when he suffered... He did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I just want to end with... This final word from King David, actually, who wrote a psalm here in this city. You know it well, Psalm 23. The whole psalm is wonderful. But he, he, he says these words. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And Casey City Church, I want to just release that word. And, you know, th- these are tough times for all of us. I get it. It's not easy. We're, we're confronting things that we haven't confronted before. We're having to, to, to sort of regroup in a lot of ways. And in the midst of suffering and in the midst of persecution, I'm telling you, God is releasing great glory upon his sons and daughters. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you in Australia that, Australia, that you will stand as witnesses of the glory of God, that you will be prepared to endure, not escape, and that God's promise is that even though you may walk through the valleys, of the shadows of even death in itself, you don't have to fear because Jesus says, I will be with you. So God bless you from the city of Jerusalem.